There's nothing like surrounding yourself with people smarter than yourself. And that's exactly what we're experiencing now as we're on stage at Paris Blockchain Week. I think we can get a better woo than that. That was the weakest woo. We're going to try that again. At Paris Blockchain Week. Attended by over 1,500 people at the incomparable Station F, the team has done a great job of putting together a first-rate event packed with knowledge. And today, we're pleased to show you the future of trading crypto futures as we welcome Adam Todd of Digitex Futures to the show. We've also got Alex Mashinsky, CEO of Celsius.network on board. He's passionate about making sure blockchain is a win for the people and is not taken over solely by government institutions or banks. We're just two Americans in Paris spreading the good news of blockchain in a very bad way. I might even try out some very bad flinch. It's because we are excited to be in the land that gave us Jacques Cousteau, croissants, and oh, oh, oh. it's episode number 262 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, Who's bad? Hey, bonjour from France, Mr. Travis Wright. It is the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I am Monsieur Joel Com. Yes, and I'm just curious. Uh, you said your know, France is giving us Jacques Cousteau croissants, and oh ho ho. What is oh ho ho? <laughs> it's like French laughter. It's like. Is, it, is, <laughs> that, is it, that how you laugh for us, real quick? Is that how you laugh? Oh ho ho! I heard I a couple. There is a is. couple of ho hos out there. I was trying to figure out what the hell that was. I was like, an oh ho ho! I write the teasers. You you just be the handsome. <laughs> is that the person. mating sound? Oh ho ho! Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> the, the mating sound of the. <laughs> The Frenchman? Is that, I don't know. Ladies, is that what happens? I don't know if we uh, want to. Uh, we do not want to go there, but apparently we already <laughs> have gone there. Yes, uh, heard around the world in 180 or so countries. It was 190 last week, but uh, banned from North Korea once again. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Kim Jong, he liked the show, then he didn't like it. Really? Yeah. I was he, unaware. He was a big fan. He was. Yeah. Then he, him and Dennis Rodman. T- yeah, that was it. Then he, then he tuned us out. out there and- Seven million downloads in the first year and a half or so, and we've been at this since July 2017. Seen a lot of things in the crypto world. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode actually brought to you by the folks at Digitex Futures. They are a commission-free futures trading exchange. They have 1.3 million people on the waiting list to join their platform. 1.3 million? 1.3 <laughs> million the platform opens up on april 30th and you're actually going to get to hear more about that today because we're going to have our guest here adam in just a little bit to tell you about that but before we do let's check in on the latest news Timestamp 548 in Paris right now on Tuesday, April 16th. Coin market cap sitting at 172 billion and a half dollars. Bitcoin of five thousand dollars and five thousand ninety-five. Ethereum 163. XRP 32 cents. B Cash 311 dollars. EOS 538. Litecoin 79. Bit. 
Binance coin, 19 and a third. Tether holding tight at a dollar, stellar 11 cents. And Cardano rounding out the top 10 at eight centavos. All right. What about uh, BSV? BSV is at 55 right now, probably the biggest uh, loser over the last 24 hours. That's the biggest drop since Bitcoin, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Down 15%. That thing tanked. It was crazy. Over the last 24 hours. There's some news around that. We're going to talk about that. There is some news around uh, Bitcoin SV that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But first of all, let's bring it close to home. And by home, I mean right here, right now, because you guys here at the conference are in the news. This is on Yahoo News. French pushes to become global hub for blockchain the tech behind blockchain and uh, Paris Blockchain Week Summit is right here, front and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Francis, did you say French? French. French. Uh, Francis Digital Minister Cedric O, I guess that's his name. Uh, he said that it's Paris Cedric Blockchain. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's a message we send to the world. The French are ready to welcome you, to accompany you, and to help you develop. So there's a lot of amazing stuff that's going on here in France, aside from just the Blockchain Week. I mean, there's one of the largest accelerators, you know, incubators in the world right here. So this is, there's a lot of great stuff happening in France, specifically in this building. Yeah, and for those who don't think blockchain is significant and relevant, well, that's fine. They can think that. The rest of us are going to keep moving forward in development, and then one day they're going to wake up and be like, oh, they that was actually a thing. Mm-hmm. If you'll think back to when Jeff Bezos started selling books out of his garage, they laughed at him. and they went, they, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they said it would never work. I think we beat that That's horse. True. That's, That's true. That's okay. That one's dead. We just had two more you, people leave. You just oh, oh, oh another person <laughs> right out of the room. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, my friend. Yeah, so they're not laughing at uh, Jeff Bezos now, the richest man in the world. And I think that we're going to experience the same thing when it comes to blockchain, is that there's the naysayers will say nay no more. Mm-hmm. They might actually say that about this podcast. They're not laughing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only <laughs> at least we're laughing at least we're laughing uh this story here from fizz.org phys francis blockchain is anti-monopoly weapon in a digital world so the uh, finance minister here in your country bruno le maire said that uh france is pushing blockchain as a means of preventing finance giants that are enjoying a monopoly on transactions that is a very good thing. He believes that blockchain protocols are a game changer. That is true. And this is how fresh the news is. He said that earlier today. He did say that earlier today. It's good. Very this nice. is not fake news. This is this real. This is fresh news here in France. And so that's what's going on is France has already put in you know, legal, fiscal, and accounting structures to manage fundraising in the digital currencies as a pillar of the blockchain economy. He said that's what's interesting about France is in the next article, it really sort of it tethers on to this. All right. Yes, I will accept cookies. Yes, cookies. Yes, Forbes will take your cookies. Cookies, cookies. Um, that's one of the things is that, that on that next piece of news is France is asking the EU partners to adopt its cryptocurrency regulation. So France is definitely here in Europe pushing the envelope when it comes to blockchain and you know regulating it, making it more uh, official, and more countries are going to start adopting it. Yeah, so the only blockchain and crypto news, according to this article, that has 
come out from uh, uh, from some here in France is the, the anti-establishment protests that are going on and various uh, tobacco shops. Bitcoin can be bought. But other than these token appearances, the article says not much is being done in France to push the boundaries. And that's why we are here making the world know that France is totally on the map when it comes to blockchain. Yep. And uh, I mean, that's one of the things that is interesting is that you know, when it, this one article here that was talking about, you know, as an anti-monopoly weapon, we had so many conversations now. A lot of technology has become a monopoly. I mean, Google, you can't, you literally cannot get Google out of your life. You think you can, but most, if any app uses maps, they're using the Google API because Google gave that map API away for free. Everybody integrates it. There was a great article on, um, I believe it was in Wired recently, where a lady said she's trying to get rid of Google from her existence. And so they used a VPN. They blocked every single call to any of Google's 29,000 URLs. And it literally, she, she couldn't use her, she couldn't use her phone. You can't use Uber anymore. You can't use Lyft because they're using the map API. There's just so, it's so integrated in. And when they start censoring and eliminating points of view, that's a problem. And that's one thing that's so exciting about blockchain is that, you know, we're all, all about decentralizing technology and getting rid of these centralized powerhouses that are, that are in our lives. And once these big centralized powers decide they don't like what you have to say, they'll just start burying your listings on the search results. They'll eliminate you from YouTube. You know, if they don't like you on the Twitters, they'll, they'll shadow ban you. You get so depersoned, deplatformed. You get depersoned, de That's happening more and more. So that's why I think, personally, everyone in this room is leading the charge and helping make the world a better place through, you know, decentralized and distributed letter, ledger technology because we need it. We have to have this because if not, we're going to get ourselves into this authoritarian dystopia where these, where these technology companies control what we see and who we are and who we can talk to. I mean, you see what's going on in China with the Chinese social credit system. If they don't like what you have to say, you no longer get a ride on the train. You don't get a fly on an get airplane. A, you can't get, yeah, you can't fly. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, oh, you have a friend who has searched for some things that the government doesn't approve of? Well, guess what? Now your score is lower because you're a friend of this guy. Unfriend. Unfriend. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Joel Kahn. My, my score just went up. Oh, man. Well, that's why this is good news here from this story. Do not be my friend. Your credit score <laughs> <laughs> Block Manatee uh, right here in France. There's a new act that allows $2 trillion French insurance markets to invest in cryptos. The uh, National Assembly here passed what is known as the Pact Law, uh, Plan d'Action pour la Croissance et la Transformation des Entreprises, which, I, did I do okay? Oui? Très bien. Nice. Nice. Et moi. Uh, the action plan for the growth and transformation of enterprises just passed on April 11th, 147 in favor, 50 against. And this will allow insurers to invest in crypto assets without any limitations via specialized funds. But blockchain is dead. Blockchain is a fact. Two trillion dollars, yeah. you know, have been approved up that they could then trade in crypto yeah. are you serious yeah and what our, our market cap of crypto right now he said was 175 billion dollars i that's, love that that's yep, great news. i do too that's the kind of stuff when you read it and you go ah mass adoption is coming the world just doesn't know it yet 
it's happening right now. It's almost like the the tremors before a real earthquake hits, the calm before the storm. You can feel the wind blowing, but it hasn't quite started thunder and lightning yet. And that's what we're all seeing as plain as day. We don't need special glasses to pick up on the fact that this is going to hit like a tsunami. And and people are going to wake up one day and think, there's this new thing. Oh, this new thing that's been happening for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. That that new thing? Yeah. They know of blockchain, or they know of Bitcoin. A lot of them don't necessarily know about blockchain, right? The Bitcoin is dead, though, right? It's been dead. I'm pretty sure it's coming back. I think back. about 400 times it's died. Yeah, this is uh, also good news here from uh, the, the from Europe here. Uh, this this is, is a first in fintech. Apparently, the London Stock Exchange is now debuting stock tokens. Did you guys know yeah. about this? Yeah, 3 million GBT, uh, GBP tokens, Great British Pound, of tokenized shares were launched on one of the oldest stock markets in the world. Now they're starting to do security tokens. Are you serious? The London Stock Exchange, founded in 1570-something, is now trading in security tokens? Another great piece of news. Uh, again, adoption is coming, and it's exciting. Yeah, Luke Saunders, who is the uh, CTO at Amazix, we've actually spoken with Luke yeah. before, says, while the tokenization of assets is nothing new, it's significant that one of the financial sector's most important players is now embracing blockchain technology. All good news as far as I'm concerned. Now, you mentioned earlier that uh, blockchain, uh, Bitcoin SV was taking a major tumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, could they, they, some call him Craig Wright. Some call him Satoshi Nakamoto. Some call him Fake Toshi. Fake Toshi. We actually interviewed him and on, on a previous episode. And, you know, he had a really interesting case to, that, that he was one of the, you know, of the consortium of people who created, you know, uh, a Bitcoin. He's got a lot of Bitcoin. And uh, so that's always interesting. But, you know, what what uh, CZ of Binance called him out this week, right? They're having, they're having like a little... There's like a, little a little feud going on. a feud going on. Yeah, sure. CZ um, decided to delist Bitcoin SV from uh, from their exchange. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's because Craig Wright was essentially threatening media outlets that were refuting that he's Satoshi Nakamoto. He is, he's coming right out. And, and for all those years, he didn't say a word. Well, that's what's so weird is he went through all of these steps to ensure his anonymity. And then all of a sudden he's all like, no, I am, I'm Satoshi Nakamoto. It's just, it's just so weird that he would go through that, you know, and then all of a sudden call that he is him. So it's just bizarre. So there's... Uh, trying to C- sue people? CZ is encouraging other exchanges to delist as well, and the price has taken quite a bit of a tumble. Several have dropped that are delisting it, yeah. I'm delisting it. That's good. That's good from the bad exchange? I just, it's gone from the bad exchange for good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Actually, Tyler Winklevoss tweeted out and said, we've actually never had BSV on that, so... Sorry, Mr. Craig Wright, who, again, is not my relative. It, it doesn't bode well uh, for Bitcoin SV. You know, once you start getting delisted from the big exchanges, where do you where do you go from here? You go the style of Bitconnect. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> nobody should go Bitconnect. Last mo- news story to uh, cover. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the largest YouTuber in the world, PewDiePie. Uh, whatever you think of him and what he uh, makes videos about, he's approaching 100 million 
subscribers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, as Travis referenced, you know, with Google being so centralized and YouTube being the final arbiter of, of what goes on and what doesn't, uh, PewDiePie has made a, a huge move and he is switching his live video streams to DLive, which is a blockchain-based platform. This is huge. It is. Because, I mean, the, it, the thing is, is, like you may not listen to PewDiePie, but guess who does? Millennials and Gen Z are listening to PewDiePie. They tune into this guy all the time. He has more followers than all of mainstream media combined. Like, more, like, two, maybe 5X as many of all of them combined. It's, it's, so it's crazy. He has more pull than all of media. Pretty much. 90-something, 95 million subscribers. And so he has said he's moving to blockchain. He's moving to DLive. And he signed an exclusive contract with those guys for his live videos. That's huge. Another sign that mass adoption is coming when the big content creators realize that YouTube is censoring people and then there's a big problem with that centralization. Now they're going to a decentralized platform. That's that's pretty big news. I think it's good news, and I think it's more proof that we are in the right place. And now we're pleased to have join us on the stage here. I love these stage things. Like, can we get an eyeball people, see them face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah, that's kind of conversations. The CEO of a company and a website that we encountered, how, how long ago? How long has it been? Mm, several months, I would say. Uh, Oh, sorry. Wasn't it like back in August or something? I think well, it was. Yeah. yeah back in was, August. Uh, his name is Adam Todd. He's the CEO of Digitex Futures, and they are a non-custodial commission-free futures trading exchange. They're onboarding traders to their beta version of their platform right now. They've got 1.3 million 1. people. 1.4. Well, that just happened since we started. 1.4 million people on the wait list to use this exchange, and this is why you guys need to hear about this. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Adam Todd. Thank you very much. It's great to very be good. here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we first uh, discovered, I guess we should give full uh, disclosure here. When we first encountered Digitex, uh, it was actually a, a friend that told Travis, you need to friend check out. friend of mine was like, oh, my God, you got to check out Digitex. They're doing something nobody else is doing with futures. And they're doing with this token. There's going to be no trading. There's going to be no fees. They're using this token. You got to check it out. And I think when we started working with them, the, um, the, there's, the, the coin was, what, about a penny, a half a penny? Yes, it was somewhere. Point zero zero eight, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And uh, we, we were invited to become advisors, marketing advisors, social advisors with uh, with Digitex. And now the coin is worth 12 cents, and I'm going to take... It's all thanks to you. It's Thank all you very much. Thank you so much. We're going to get that sound bite there. And yeah. Uh, of course it's not. It's, of course it's 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 due to um, what you guys have put together. So why don't you go ahead and summarize for us what what Digitex Futures is? Yeah, sure. Basically, we're um, a commission-free futures exchange. Um, we're also people are going to be able to trade futures on the prices of Bitcoin against the dollar. You know, gold, oil, things like that. But the only currency that you use on the exchange is the Digitex token. So all your account balances, your account balances in the Digitex token. Um, your profits and losses, you know, that you're trading Bitcoin or gold, but you're winning and losing in Digitex. Why? Why? why well, but the way we do it, with, by doing it that way, that's what allows us to get rid of the commission fees because now we control the currency. So instead of charging transactions on trades, which is something that 
you know, penalizes the most active traders and, you know, stifles liquidity. By doing it that way, then instead, each year, we can just mint a small number of new tokens each year to cover the costs. So basically, it's switching from... Because you, you've got to make money from somewhere. It's not You can't just be free. It's all happy-clappy. It's the that's, money. What, that's what the U.S. Treasury does. They just make money from nowhere. Yeah, yeah, we're, right? We're just roll US the printing Treasury. presses. Let's yeah. make more. Let's yeah, put it out there. We need more money out there. And it's very happy-clappy. Is that what you said? No. We, see, the way we do it is because, well, by doing it that way, and we, we can... Basically, it allows people to trade in a very free way. They can trade. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to say it, really. It, it just allows short-term traders to pursue very active trading strategies that they can't pursue on other exchanges. So it's going to create a lot of liquidity. That creates a lot. You know, liquidity begets liquidity, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's going, to, it's going to attract a lot of traders that are attracted to commission-free trading, but also to liquid markets. Because, you know, the other big cost of trading isn't just commissions, it's, it's slippage. So by doing that, we create a lot of demand for the token. So that's why we make the token use compulsory. You know, a lot of these exchange tokens, you can use the exchange token to pay fees with, or you can pay fees with other other currencies we don't have fees so we've made the use of the token compulsory which creates demand from the traders that's why we've made it compulsory also at the end of this year we're also going to be going non-custodial um, but we're going for the hybrid model i saw the the, the panel earlier uh, we're going to be like the hybrid model of a centralized order book and decentralized account balances using the Plasma protocol on Ethereum's blockchain. So we're going to have the the speed and the reliability and the low latency of a central order book, but your account balance is kept on the Ethereum blockchain by an, an independent smart contract that just tells our exchange how much money you're good for and we allow you to trade according to what that smart contract's telling us, but we never actually physically hold onto your money. So we don't physically have your private key. Get your hands off my money. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. So what are you, what are you most excited about this? I mean, I, I think you have a very interesting background when it comes to, you know, didn't you do a lot of the trading and you, you worked in the space with, with futures and whatnot previously. So now that you're building this into the, in the crypto space, what are some of the things that you're most excited about the platform? Because it seems to me that it's totally different than what other people have been doing in the space. Yeah, I, I used to be a pit trader. I was a futures trader for a few years in the, in the pits, and then I went to the screens, and then I was trading sports betting for years. Um, and I've always just hated commissions. You know, commissions have, have really... It takes your you know, profits away. Well, yeah, it makes it really hard to make any money. Um, so I'm just, I'm excited to make something that's like, it's like a level playing field, you know? It's an exchange where people can actually make money. Um, you know, by creating an exchange that, that has value, you know, commission-free trading, trustless, you don't have to trust the exchange with your money. Um, it, you know, and by having its own exchange token, you're creating that value, but that token is, is you know, efficiently capturing that value. So by making something really fair where retail traders can actually make money, you know, there are no mechanical edges against them. We're not bringing the institutions in and giving them preferential treatment on commissions, on execution time, things like that. We're actually making something that's, that's really fair that people can actually make money on. And, and because of that, the token is going to capture that value. And, you know, the, the demand that comes from new traders attracted to this commission-free, you know, highly liquid markets is going to drive the price up. So I'm just excited by the fact we're building something that, that has real value. There's a real need for it. 
but by doing that, you know, this, this whole new business model that we've got of moving away from transaction fees to this, this other type of, you know, tokenized kind of revenue model, um, I just think it's going to be great. It's going to be really interesting. How do you get that kind of buzz with 1.4 million people waiting in line and on the mailing list to... I mean, it, obviously it helps that the concept is great to start with. You know, you need a good concept. But um, we just really got the viral marketing down. We really figured it out. You know, the ICO that we did, um, we got 250,000 people signed up for that in, in two weeks. And that, that sold out in 17 minutes. And we really thought, oh, wow, that's, you know, we really figured that out kind of by accident, you know. But we, we and then like the right. next day, the market tanked, right, after the ICO was over? Yeah. Thanks a yeah. lot for that, Adam. That's uh -huh, so great. Yeah, really that's, appreciate that, that in January. <laughs> but despite that, I mean, the world, you know, the worst bear market in crypto history, we 12X'd in that time. Mm. Imagine if it had just stayed the same. We would have just gone on fire. Right, right. You know? Well, which is why I find this article you just published on the Digitex blog here uh, interesting. Last month, you wrote and made a prediction, which is really brave in, you know, a bear market that might be recovering to a bull. You predicted that Ethereum is going to hit $2,000 or more in by the end of this year or into 2020. How do you, I mean, it's at $163 yeah. right this moment. What's the I'm, math behind that? I'm, I'm surprised it went down as far as it did. I mean, you've just been saying yourself, you know, that $2 trillion figure, we're at $170 billion now. There's massive, massive upside for this, massive upside. You know, the, the world is going to know cryptocurrency. It is the new internet. So it's just a question of which one is going to be the winner. You know, maybe Ethereum won't be the winner, maybe it won't, but maybe it will. And if it is, and I believe it is, because it's, you know, the backbone of probably 80% of tokens, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be running your, your fridge and your, your pet robot and all that, all that kind of stuff that comes out very soon that people, you know, really don't see yet. Um, Ethereum is, you know, the... The developer community that's behind it, you know, there's 250,000 developers. The leadership's great. It, it just has everything in place, I think. I think it went down. It got punished far too much. You know, the price that it came down to is just ridiculously low. I just think it's ready for one hell of a pop. I just I just see one hell of a pop coming up. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. And yeah. maybe it's anecdotal because I just see so many smart people. Whenever I meet the really smart people in crypto cryptography, they all seem to be the Ethereum guys. And... You know, maybe, like I say, maybe that's just anecdotal for me, but I, I just see a hell of a pop coming very soon. Well, it's interesting because I think with Ethereum, when it was popping, it was because those ICOs were going on and, every, you know, the money was going, lots of money was going in, lots of money was going out. There's a lot of transactions. Now the ICO market sort of dried up. So those big ICO, you know, those big Ethereum moves by those whales don't seem as much. Right. But that was the one, that was the ICO market. There's so many other utilities for you know something that can like it can be the back end of so many things there's so much utility for that coming in the future you know so much it's going to run everything okay so let's talk a little bit about exchanges here and what is it that you know futures trading and in, in digitex what makes it different from what else is available out there and why why do you believe that besides that it's your baby why is it going to win the day because everybody thinks their child is the most beautiful child. 
Yeah. Right, and right. Is it the same as the ETFs? I mean, what's the difference between the Well, ETFs? I mean, it's coming back to the zero fees. I mean, everybody loves zero fee, right? Every exchange that's out there has this transaction fee model. It's the same model that's been used since, you said the London Stock Exchange is 1,500 and something. Yeah, yeah. They're all using the same model since, since then. It's all, you do a trade, you pay a transaction fee. That transaction fee is constantly, you know, draining liquidity from, from the pool. You've got, you've got so many people put money into the pool and... If they just trade away and don't put any more money in, eventually the exchange has got all the money because it's like a leak. It's like the, the exchange is siphoning off the money. With our model, we're not siphoning off that money. The, the, the liquidity pool stays intact so that the winners, only the winners are taking it from the losers. Are you inferring that there's a lack of integrity in the crypto exchange markets? I mean, it's, it's not really a lack of integrity. In the exchange markets all... Industries. It's not really a lack of integrity. It's just that the model is flawed in that it's constantly draining money out of the system. There needs to be constant deposits into the system for there to stay the same amount of money in there. With, with our model, where we don't charge the transaction fees, not only do we get the, the, the great liquidity because people can pursue these, these very active short-term trading styles, but there isn't that constant leak of money coming out. So it, it's just a much, much mm. better system. And, and that, that value that we create from that exchange gets efficiently captured by the token. And, and you know, the token goes up. And it means that you know, the ex- for the first time ever, the exchange's interests are actually aligned with you know, the actual users of the exchange. You know, usually an exchange is us versus them. The exchange is trying to milk the users for as much money as they can in the form of transaction fees. With us, we actually want the same thing as our, of our, as our users. We just want the token price to go up, as our users do, because they're holding yeah. the token price. And you're doing, ex- you're, you're doing futures now, and you're going to do it sort of the spot trading later, maybe? Yeah, we're going to bring in a spot market later on because, you know, it would be nice for you to be able to buy the token on our spot market too. Mm. And then, you know, we could probably get into the, you know, the IEO business kind of things mm. like that, you know, because it seems like a good idea. It is right? interesting. Are you going to be able to leverage? Like, you know, a lot of times with futures, you're like doing 10x leverage or... You know, yeah, yeah, there's going to be leverage, yeah. Nice. That could really hurt some people if they do wrong, right? If you have, like do the stop loss or yeah, you you, the, what is it? The, you uh, got to be careful. I mean, you can, it depends on the volatility of the contract. You know, gold is probably going to be a little more civilized than Bitcoin. Bitcoin's mm. probably going to be savage at 100x leverage, yeah. Mm, wow. Gold is going to be civilized. My gold is civilized. I, gold, yeah. Gold's I, a little more civilized than well, Bitcoin. We know that, well, we know that paper gold is not civilized and paper silver or paper is not. silver. Those markets are so manipulated, it's ridiculous. Well, what market isn't? That's so true. Good stuff. So, you know, what you're building, how do you think this is going to impact the industry? I I think it's going to be huge. I mean, if we can get, you know, we've got 1.4 million people on the wait list there. I mean, I don't think 1.4 million of people are going to sign up. You know, you you send an email out to people, you get a 10% open rate. You know, 10% of those click on the link. You know, 10% of those take action. So we're not going to get anything like that number, you know, active traders. But if we can get, you know, 5% of them, we got got 50,000, 60,000 active traders on there. Crazy liquid markets without having to invite these institutions in as market makers who just always want this preferential treatment you know so we'll have a crazy liquid market that's actually a level playing field you know the one lot trader has just as much chance of winning as, as the hundred lot trader and i think that is, that is certainly going to impact the market because i mean how couldn't it mm. well we appreciate the insights and certainly you know as as uh, advisors we love seeing the the development so for people you know which exchanges now are you listed on and how do people get dgtx tokens 
Uh, right now we're on the um, we're on Merg Talks, we're on Hit BTC, we're we're on a, a few others. Um, we've also got the Digitex Treasury as well. We started off the Digitex Treasury uh, March the first. We kind of pioneer in there how how projects finance themselves going forwards, you know, because a lot of them fail. Mm. Um, we we kept back when we created um, when we did the ICO, we created a billion tokens. We kept back a hundred million of them as our treasury. Now a lot of you know a lot of projects have a treasury of tokens, but they're forced to kind of sell them in these backroom deals and sell them at half price to whales who then, you know, fuck up the market when they want to sell them whenever they want and or hold the, you know, the project ransom or something. So what we did with our 100 million treasury, we we locked them away into a smart contract for the next two and a half years and then they get released 10, 10% at a time every three months and they get put uh-huh. into a token sale smart contract that gets sold to the public slightly higher than the exchange rate. So people that currently own... Digitex tokens, they can still sell their tokens, no problem, on the exchanges. We're not undercutting them. But the market knows that we've got this large amount of tokens for sale, but they know how we're going to sell them, when we're going to sell them. Mm. It's very transparent and clear. They know we're not going to dump, we're not going to sell them to whales. You know, it's just, it's just a very transparent, clear mechanism for, you know, the next two and a half years of funding that, that makes people a lot more comfortable. You know, we introduced that on March the 1st. Our token was, I think it was around 4.6 cents or something, and it's tripled since then. We've said we're going to sell all these tokens, and the market's gone up, you know, threefold. Mm. So it, it went down really well. Uh, so I would, I would say, you know, buy tokens from the Treasury, but you can also buy them from other exchanges too. Very good. Digitexfutures.com. Let's have a hand for Mr. Adam Todd. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thank you, mate. We are pleased to welcome our next guest to the show, a man who is incredibly passionate about the blockchain space. In fact, after he was part of a panel here earlier today, I saw people mob him because he's not afraid to call out the BS that's out there, especially where it comes to the banks. Is that what those bruises are? <laughs> I, I, I say bad things about banks every day. So That's good. yeah, well, you're I about to say some more. That's good. Uh, his, his name is Alex Mashinsky. He's the CEO and founder of Celsius Network, a blockchain-based borrowing and lending platform. He's also one of the inventors of the VoIP protocol. If you guys didn't uh-huh. know that, he's got a foundational patent dating back to 1984, and now he's working on another. Not, 1994. I'm not that old. Sorry, 1994. 1994. Yeah, 1827. <laughs> when the internet was new. And now he's working on another internet protocol called MOIP, Money Over Internet Protocol uh, Technology. Uh, MOIP. 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 From VoIP to MOIP. Please welcome nice. Alex Mashinsky. Um, very nice. Dude, what did you say? Dur- I just caught the very end of the uh, the panel before, but you stirred... Uh, a pile of something because people wanted to come up and talk to you. What did you say that, that they had words for you? Yeah, if you notice, they didn't let me finish either. They cut me off. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was too controversial. Well, that's all we've got for today. No, please, <laughs> I'm not cutting you off. Go ahead, tell us. Let, the controversy. Listen, uh, it was funny because back in the '90s, early '90s, when I would go to a conference, because I used to do this for VoIP also, and. They actually escorted me. They would take me out of the company, out of the conferences because the phone companies would complain so much that I was in their face, uh, you know, basically giving them a hard time about how they're abusing all of our, sending us bills that are just ridiculous, right? And and uh, today we all get the service for free. So 
So this is, I've seen this movie before, right? Where, where in the beginning they ignore you, then they, what, how, do, how is this? They, they laugh. They then they laugh. They laugh. We're, we're at the end of the laughing stage. Now they're like starting to take you seriously. They're calling the regulators. They're like, who is this Mashinsky guy? Find something to arrest him for. <laughs> you know, and, and, You're a disruptor by nature. Yes, huh? I've done it several times. So what, what, go ahead and put some meat on that. When you talk about calling out the banks, go ahead. This is, I want to hear, lay well, down so, your best. Look, it's very simple, right? We, most of us, don't have PhD in economics and don't understand how banks make their money, right? We think that the banks make their money from charging us $20 a month for our checking account or for charging us late fees for our credit card, that's not how banks make the money. When you go downtown, any city, go to Paris, go to London, go to New York City, the best real estate, the biggest, brightest, best building always belongs to a bank or an insurance company. How can a bank that's supposed to charge you $20 for your checking account can afford the best real estate anywhere, right? So again, JP Morgan makes $30 billion with a B, $30 billion in profit every year. How can a bank make $30 billion in profit? Is it fractional reserve banking? They take your money for free, mm -hmm. right? You make your deposit. They pay you nothing. Only if you're smart enough to move it from the checking account to the savings account, and you do it on the first of the month, and you didn't trip any wires, and, uh, and you, know, you, and you sign 2%. up for a year, and then yeah. you get 1.1%, yeah, yeah. right? But they get their money, basically, your money for free. JP Morgan has trillions on deposit, trillions with a T. Something like 14 trillions. Half of their deposit do not pay any interest. Half wow. of their deposit do not pay any interest. By definition, because they make it impossible for you to earn any interest. Okay? I just called my bank in New York that I'm not going to name names because I'm still banking with them. And they told me the minimum amount on my corporate account that they will pay me interest is $25 million. They will not pay me any interest less than... 25 million on deposit. I mean, it's just a joke. You understand? So the banks take that money for free, and then they give you a credit card, and they charge you 25% on that credit card. 25% on your money. On money that never existed until you right. first Right, through out. fractional reserve. Exactly. Yes. So, so and, and in the U.S., we, we're, you know, banks have 10 to 1 leverage. In Europe, they're allowed to go 50 to 1. 50 to 1 in Europe? Bank, Deutsche, oh, Deutsche Bank right now. What? Deutsche Bank, wow. public information, is, has $50 of liabilities or leverage, right? These are things they issued, $50. So if you put a million dollars in the bank account, they can now loan out $50 million. Right. They create IOUs oh and God. lend out. I'm starting to bank. First bank of <laughs> now, Joel. So let's say they, they I'm going to loan you some money, Travis. Thank you. So let's, let's, for simple math, since we don't have calculators, we're just going to keep it 10 to 1, right? Okay. So if, I am, if I'm giving you a credit card and I charge you 24%, and now I leverage it 10 to 1, how much am I making per year? 10 times 24. 24. Wow. I'm making 240% on my money. The money I got for free. It didn't even exist. Now, so the only thing I'm saying, I'm not saying don't make 240%. I'm saying why aren't you paying the depositors 7%? That's all I'm saying. I'm just asking a very simple question. If you're making all this money, Okay, can we use that for it here? Okay. You, just you just did. did. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. If, we make, if you're making a killing, and when you make a mistake and you blow up, we come and bail you out, 
we the users, right, the American citizen, the European citizens, we are paying it through our taxes when we bail you out. Can we at least get 7%? Do you really need to make 240 and keep everything and give us less than 1%? That's where the egregious abuse is just... I mean, I don't even have words for it, you know? I don't, I don't even understand it. Like, if I have a million dollars in my bank account and I'm a bank, how can I loan out $50 million because well, I only a have law, a million? So fractional reserve is a, is a law that allows you to do that. It's a special law that... that really? So if, if, I you just have set Travis, license, if I just set up the Travis Bank... And then all of a sudden I can do 10 to 1. People can deposit money and now I can loan out money. So Figments uh, of our imagination. So after 2008, when we had all the Sarbanes-Oxley and all these other laws that were created, basically to get a banking license, it's like 60,000 pages of regulation. Ah, okay. And, and it became much harder to get a banking license, not much easier. Right, so because they're consolidated, the monopolies. Are well, because the the, gov the regulators want to protect us, and by protecting us, they put so many rules that no new entrants can come in and 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 do anything there. Mm. So all they did is created artificial monopolies with the existing bank. That's why the mm. banks that are left are much bigger than they were in two thousand and seven and two thousand eight before the collapse. Mm. So, but anyway, look, we we can't we can talk about banks all day long. The question is, how do we solve the problem? Not Let's what? fix it. Let's fix it. Right, so that, that's it. your mission First, now. First, get really mad. I'm already mad. All right, man. I'm mad too. Yeah, well, well, it, are you guys mad? Er, yes. Look at er, so mad. Er, mad so as mad. hell. I'm not, not going to take it anymore. Well, you, you got so mad that you came up with this solution that you intend to turn the model on its ear. So, you know, again, people come to me and they say, wow, Alex, what a genius idea. How, how did you come up with it? Like, what, was it like an inspiration in the middle of the night? No. It's very simple. Whatever the bank does, we, does the, we do the opposite. They charge fees, we don't charge fee. They take 80%, we pay 80% to the depositor of what we make, right? Out of the money that we... It's just... The, we, are, we, we, our tiny company with 55 people, are profitable, right? This April, this month, we will be profitable by just keeping 20% of what we collect from the $100 million that people gave us in deposits. It's Celsius.network. I downloaded the app. You yeah. got the app on Google Play and, and on iOS. You secure it with BitGo, and you have your own token. So what is, what is the cell token? Why does that exist? So the idea behind this whole ICO craze in 2018 was that in this new economy, right, and we, I think we've heard this story back in 2000, right? It kind of goes, takes us all back to 2000 where everything was internet, they everything was dot com. 2000, we had to walk that's crazy through the snow to get bandwidth. Mr. Joel Com over here built one of the first 20,000 right. websites. True. That is true. That is a true story. So the, 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 the dream was always bigger than the reality, but when you look at it 10 years later or 20 years later, the companies like Amazon and Google and all these, they all started during that period. It's just the number of winners, right? We have like basically five winners out of the entire internet. And anyone who's expecting more winners out of the entire blockchain craze doesn't understand how this stuff works. We may be going to have five great winners, maybe. Mm. Now, the winner on the blockchain gets to keep all the money in the world. The winner on the internet gets to do search or gets to do travel or gets to do movies. So the scale, and I said that many times, people look at me like, they actually look at me like that, like you have the video. And, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> they look at me and go like, 
what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, it's all the money in the world. If you can create a solution that bypasses the bank, that enables people to earn this kind of yield or get loans for half of what they charge you on your credit card, mm -hmm. why would anyone use the banks? Why would anyone deposit the bank? So how much money do the banks have? All the money in the world. It's that simple. So what at stake here is the entire economic structure because crypto slash currencies, right, digital currencies, touch every aspect of our economy. It's not just travel or movies or search or whatever. Everything is denominated in dollars. Everything is transacted in dollars. And they're abusing every part of the economy. I mean, the reason the French regulators just passed, two days ago, the French regulators passed a law that enables utility tokens, as long as they're approved by the AMF, that's a regulator, to be issued and transacted as a, as a legal utility that is separate from the securities business. Mm -hmm. So they're basically saying, banks, you have the security business, you guys want to die there with your securities and all the stuff, great, good for you. We're creating a whole new thing, doesn't exist in the United States, doesn't exist in England, doesn't exist in any other country in the world. Mm. This is the first time anyone in the world has taken this idea of a utility token and made it legal by law. Mm, that's great. That's what's new. Two days ago, guys, right here in France. Did anybody know that? We talked about it on our news segment. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so what does that mean? Right? What does that mean? That's like, again, Internet 1994. Okay? That's what it means. It means, again, an explosion. There's going to be an explosion of innovation. People are just sitting there and scratching their hands saying, well, what does it mean? What can I do with it? Yeah, you're going to have MoIP. MoIP. I want to ask about that. You said Internet 1994, and we've often asked guests on the show, where do you think we are? And the only thing we can relate it to, the last technology boom, was the World Wide Web. We are pre-Netscape. So that I believe that is true, but I'm also um, modifying my thinking, and I want to know what you think about this. I feel like the technology time frame is compressed. And the longer, you know, more development happens, time for everything to come to market and become that dominant is, compresses. Yes. So wouldn't that theoretically mean that we got past 1994, we hit the first dot-com boom, and then bust? And Not maybe, yet. You know, we, we're going to have another hype we, cycle We haven't bust. hit the Netscape moment yet. We don't no? have a single killer app that, look, Netscape, a month before Netscape browser launched, Right? There were something like 15 or 17 million users on the internet. Like nothing. Mm. And a month after Netscape launched, there were over 100 million users. Like so 100 million killer, people downloaded... So you think the killer app defines that, that moment? Yes, because that becomes... The DAP, like I was saying that in my presentation in the other room, the DAP drives the protocol and then the protocol drives the DAPs. Right now, the DAP, the, the distributed application, which does not yet exist on... Uh, on any blockchain, not not a real killer app, is going to drive the standard, is going to drive the regulators, is going to drive adoption. And and the app back then was the browser. The browser was the thing that showed everybody, okay, it's computer-based, it's this user interface, it's a browser window with navigation bars, and everything is going to be based on that. We still use that. What you have on your phone is still the Netscape browser. It's just spiffy and you can stretch it and it and it does languages it's and, more advanced, and yeah but it's the same thing we haven't advanced at all since 1995 right so and yet i have all this gray hair now explain that to me what happened there's great color products here in the field <laughs> so look 
the, the blockchain is, is so slow, people don't understand it. Again, 10, 11 transactions a second, okay? You, my, my phone, I don't have it because I, I, you have it, but my phone does more transaction than the fastest, my tiny little iPhone does more transactions per second than the smartest, fastest blockchain ever created, okay? By a factor of 100. That's how slow it is, right? So, so the internet, again, most, how many people here are technical? Who here has a technical degree? All right, good, so we can talk tech. So TCP IP, the protocol, right, runs faster the more nodes you add. You have two nodes, it's, it's okay, it's not so fast. You add 100 nodes, it runs much faster. You can cut half of the network, it keeps running. It doesn't, it doesn't get affected by the fact that you're chopping out half of the network. Blockchain works the opposite way. You put two nodes, it runs lightning fast. You can do a million transactions a second if you wanted. You start adding nodes, it slowed down to a crawl. The reason the Ethereum network or the Bitcoin network are so slow is not because the protocol is slow. It's because it has 10,000 nodes and all the nodes have to agree that you just did something, right? That is the issue. And it's by design. Anyone who's trying to speed up the blockchain doesn't understand anything about the blockchain. Mm. By design, to get consensus, you need time. You cannot, if you're doing it fast, then you don't have consensus. If you're doing it fast, you don't have an open ledger, and so on, so on. So all these people, all these techies up there who's talking about, look, I've, I've seen this movie several times. I have 50 patents to my name, including a few famous ones. They have no idea what they're talking about. Everybody's trying to be faster than the next, next guy. You're fast, you just sacrificed all of the consensus that we, we spent 10 years or 20 years developing. So it's not about speed, it's about the killer app. I kept saying that on the panel and they kept ignoring me because they don't understand the tech. I don't think any of the guys here were techies. You know? So they're all thinking financial products or this or that, but you, have a, you need a killer app that does not mind that this is a slow network. And, and what I'm designing is, is something that doesn't care. Again, one transaction a week. That's all we do. We pay interest once a week. That's it. That's all we're putting on the blockchain. Really? Let's talk about that a little bit. Because you said that you've had um, 100 million deposits. 100, I mean, 100 million dollars worth of yeah. crypto on what deposit. deposit. Yeah, we just, so just announced it. So we're talking specifically you have an exclusive. about depositing crypto. We're not yeah. depositing they fiat. Want to, because they well, want to earn. We do not accept any fiat. Okay. So we, we cannot accept dollars or euros or anything yeah, yeah. like that. The only so thing how does that, so how's this work? This is interesting. So let's say I say, all right, I'm going to deposit 10 Bitcoin in Celsius, and allegedly I earn interest. Yeah, you, you download the app. We give you an address. It's a BitGo address, so the custodian is BitGo. You transfer your coins from whatever exchange or cold storage you have. Like you have, If you have a wallet or whatever, you can transfer them into our wallet. The minute they hit Bitco, you start earning interest. What I'm looking interest? at it right here. I'm like, I'm looking at the app. So Bitcoin right now, I can earn on whatever I deposit, five point one percent interest on this per year. Yes. Some people yeah. ask me, is that per month? I'm like, we are not BitConnect. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, great. It looks like Bitcoin Gold (BTG) is paying seven percent. How do you do that? Dash pays seven and a half percent. Hmm. Let me tell you a little secret. First, there's nothing that we do that is magic. When I explain to everything we do, and I'm happy to explain about every coin, you'll be like, wait, it's that simple? How come no one else has done this? 
So let's stay dash since it's the highest paying interest, right? Yeah. So people go like 7.5%. There's no way you can earn 7.5% on dash. If you keep dash in your cold storage on your treasure, trezor or you're keeping it on ledger, you're earning nothing. If you're keeping it on Binance or Bitfinex, you're earning nothing. That doesn't mean that Binance is not earning anything. So Binance takes all of the depositors' dash, puts it on a node, right? Stakes it and earns 7.1%. They, they earn it. They just don't give it to you, just like the bank. Remember the conversation about the bank of how they earn 20, 50, 100, 200%? It's the same story here. How can a company like Binance, probably never list me after this podcast, <laughs> but how can You're a company welcome. like Binance make a billion dollars? They announced last year they did a billion in profit. Not revenues, profit. So there are thousands of financial uh, exchanges out there, right? In financial uh, institutions out there. Do you know who the, mo- the second most profitable, the first more profitable is ICE? which owns the New York Stock Exchange and many, many other exchanges. Second most profitable institution on the planet. Guess. And it's not Deutsche Bank. Binance. How can Binance go from nothing to the second most profitable institution on the planet? They don't have very many employees. They don't have very much overhead. They just keep all that money. They just don't share it with you. Mm -hmm. That's the secret. CZ, where's my money? Exactly. CZ, where's my money? So... All we're doing is we're saying, hey, this is where they're stealing from you. We're going to give you back everything we make on this. We're going to run a note for you, a staking note. We're not going to charge you anything for it. Whatever we earn is going to show up in your wallet as additional Dash coins. Every week, we're going to put more Dash coins because we're getting them from Dash. We're just not going to keep them. Right. Now, people come to me. I, I was out, you know, After my speech, I went outside, and, and this guy comes to me, and he's Lebanese, and he's like, between us, like, why are you doing this? You're going to steal it from the back. You're going to take the coins. You're going to run away with it. You know, like, everybody right. comes to me and says, there's got to be a catch here. You know, you, you're not doing it for the people. You must be stealing. Where are you stealing? You know, like, what are you going to do? Run away with the coins? So all I'm doing is showing everybody where they're stealing. And again, I, I gave you the example, right? VoIP, the most uh, valuable company in VoIP, Anyone knows? Anyone suggest? Anyone was my presentation? Most valuable company in VoIP. Skype? No, Skype got sold for $8 billion. There's another company called for, sold for $22 billion to Facebook. WhatsApp. Oh, WhatsApp, yes, yes. How much revenues does WhatsApp have? Very little. Zero. Zero. Not very little. Zero. That's very little. That's very little. Very little. <laughs> so how can a company with zero in revenues, be worth $22 billion. Because the community, the community is a billion and a half users. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going after. We're basically saying if we got, if it's all about them, all the money in the world, and all we have to do is show all the holes, and billions of people are going to join us, how much is my company going to be worth? So I can continue giving everybody here all the money I'm making, and I'm still going to make a billion dollars. Mm. You don't have to steal... To, to make money. The problem that we have is that everybody who's doing it now, all these ICOs, they're all thieves. They're all like trying to steal. The minute they get the money, they go buy a Lamborghini. That's crazy. Right? That's when Lambo. Now we know. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Celsius.network, spelled C-E-L-S-I-U-S.network, Alex Mashinsky. Give him a hand. Thanks so much.
And apparently, as we wrap up the show, Travis is going to rap and, and take us out. So are you going to do it in French? I am not. You're not? I already all. did my rap. You're Wiki, 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 wiki. Thanks for listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. And uh, you can find us in all the places that you would expect to find shows of lo- lesser quality like ours. Please do follow, subscribe, and share. And we like to end every show by saying. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.